Hi, I'm Ben Houck. And I'm Chris Heyer. And this is a show about the bat and the cat in the house of two cats. Chris, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing I, good. I am so excited. We both got a chance to go watch Matt Reeves' The Batman, starring Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz. It's incredible. I can't wait to get into it. But uh, what what else have you been watching lately? Uh, just to give us a little context of this week leading up here. Uh, you know, I haven't had a ton of time lately, but... I've been catching up on the new South Parks that have been coming out. Very solid stuff there. Uh, they quietly just started coming out again. Like they, we, we discussed the COVID special earlier on this podcast. Um, and then just the first week of February, like, boom, oh, back on Wednesday nights regularly. I had no idea it was coming out. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, shit, I'm like three episodes behind. I gotta Matt and Trey up. pulled a fast one on us. And oh, my God, all three early episodes. Pretty good. The realtor episode by far is oh my god the gem the gem so far. Uh, I'm kind of curious how they're going to do more of the Putin Russia stuff. I think they're it's going to have to be a theme at a, again point. treading a little lightly so far. Um, I'm curious to see how that evolves. But South Park, go watch it. What else? Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I, other than a lot of Batman, <laughs> Batman. I, I, for I sure. feel like we've both been on the Batman research train uh, going back. Watching Batman Returns, watching The Dark Knight, a lot of YouTube clips, a lot of good times. Um, I've watched two other things quick I want to throw in there. Watch Coda, which a lot of people, it's up for the best picture Oscar uh, this year. It's Child of Deaf Adults and amazing, like almost dethroned. Like I almost want to redo the Benny Ebert Awards because West Side Story took home the Benny Ebert Best Picture 2021, but Coda is that good. Uh, folks go watch it we've got a review going up on our instagram and a lot of fun stuff that's a good plug there too if you haven't follow us on drop the remote pod on instagram uh we've got an email it's drop the remote pod at gmail.com we would love to get your feedback uh any questions comments movies that you want us to follow we appreciate you guys out there listening and uh we're, we're gonna jump right into the bat <laughs> the bat the batman oh my god so good I was so skeptical going into this because I am a humongous Batman fan. I brought over my 15 plus Batman comic books in front of me. There's I'm, a stack I'm, of them I'm just I can staring see. at them so I can remember all my happy memories of the Batman. Because truly, folks, I love me a good Batman movie. And the bat is made for the screen. But also, go read yourself some comic books because some of these are just unassailable. And part of my joy of watching the Matt Reeves 2022 Batman was all the scenes that they pulled from comic books. Um, the hush scene, the long Halloween nod, the year one Batman nod. There's just, there's so many that I loved and, and especially hush the, the Zoe Kravitz Pattinson rooftop sunset situation kiss, like frame for frame copy the hush. I went back and I looked and I'm like, Oh my God, great. This is so great. So yeah, between the 15 comic books I've, read and I've, I've watched every Batman movie. Big fan of the Arkham video game series. Have you ever played those? Oh, dude, I love that. I was like thinking about getting it back out when I got home from the movie and then I was like, fuck, it's at my mom's house. So <laughs> I'm going to pick that up this weekend. Hell yeah. Uh, Arkham Asylum, I think, is still my favorite. The first one's still the best one just because it's tight. And Killer Croc is like an amazing villain in yeah. that one. Yeah, so the, the video game's amazing and part of the video games that I liked most is they hashed out some villains that I didn't really get to spend good amounts of time with in the movies. So like, love that. And, you know, I, I just, I just love that. I watch a lot of the cartoons. I, I do will say that my only blind spot is some of the nineties, Hamill, Mark Hamill, Batman that, um, 
really I've loved the episodes I've seen. Haven't gotten to see all oh, of them. Oh, the Warner Brothers, like the, uh, the cartoon. I used to watch that shit on the reg. Yeah, and the, I, like opening scene where like the Warner Brothers thing turns mm-hmm. into like the blimp or whatever. Mm-hmm. I fucking gets me every time. Every every time, and I I realize like the true bat heads out there are going to be like, yo, that's that's your one blind spot. That's some of the best Batman there is. They're not wrong. Also, I got to describe for you folks. Talk speaking of bat heads. Chris got his Batman towel on, which has got the pointy ears, the eye holes. And when you put your hands in the ends of the towel, it's got the wings factor. And oh, yeah. He, it's for a looks, small child. My mom bought it for me, and I have no regrets. He, he looks he looks fabulous. Sometimes I like to come out of the shower in just the Batman towel. And let me tell you, it does not cover anything up. <laughs> Christy doesn't appreciate it, but I love he, it. He's, he's the Playboy millionaire, Bruce Wayne, and <laughs> in, in the Bat towel. <laughs> All right, I, I've waxed poetic about how much I love the bat. I mean, men want to be him, women want to sleep with him. He's one of the best American characters ever created. Chris, tell me, tell me how you come to the bat. I mean, I've also been a huge Batman. I feel like I have ebbs and flows of my Batman fandom, where like a Batman movie comes out, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, Batman's sick!" And then like for a little while, I kind of forget, and then something else comes out, and I'm just like back, like it's a video game or whatever. I definitely was Batman at least. Two Halloweens. So I got that going for me. I, I, you got me beat. I only did the bat once. <laughs> oh, I, I went to a party one time. It was, I was definitely like six or seven and mm. I was Batman. And there was a kid just dressed as Robin, mm. which was weird. I was like, hey, you know, nice. Somebody's got to be a Robin. In- instant friend. So we, yeah, we teamed <laughs> up on that one. I definitely have a sketchy picture of myself in like a homemade Batman costume Ooh, where yeah. I have like. But that show was dedication. It was pretty cool. There's like a trash bag on my head. <laughs> So, it was uh, it was an interesting look, but I, I think I, I stepped it up a notch for the next year's uh, Halloween. Absolutely. So all this to say is like, yeah, we're two guys, uh, you know, pretty young guys, but peak Batman age folks. Batman obviously comes out way back when in Detective Comics 1945, whatever. It is a noir Humphrey Bogart detective who done he's, he's the best detective in the world. That's literally how it's built. It's not superpowers. He is this, the comic book hero without superpowers. He's not Superman. That's why him and Superman always make this great juxtaposition. Fuck Superman. Superman can do everything. Batman can do. I've got a batarang. I've got I've got a grappling hook. That's all I've got. And then I make it work. I wish I had a fucking grappling hook so bad. <laughs> Every time I watch those movies, I'm like, fuck, I could use a, a grappling hook. Yes. And we're gonna we're gonna get into the bat tech in in a little in a little bit. I don't want to over overpass that. But Batman and then Largely, it's just comic books until 1989 when we get the first Tim Burton. Well, the Adam West. Batman. Yes. All right. You're all right. I take you it can't, back. You can't. The birth of the camp in the 1960s. That Adam shit West is on um, fire. Batman show. Yes. It's unintentionally humorous and funny and does some justice to the OG characters. Have you seen the any of them? Like, have you watched any? Yeah, of them? I've watched an episode or two. Again, not a thorough watch, but like I know enough of Adam West to know. The boom, biff, skip. I had uh, in the so bad Joker acting. My great uncle had Down syndrome, and he was mm. a big Batman fan. This kind of started me on the Batman train, and he was like prime time for the Adam West Batmans. And I watched. They had like a movie. It was like I don't think it was like a in theaters movie, right. but it is was it, like is a, it Romero. The Romero is the Joker in the in that original Batman. Yeah, big yeah. Deal. yeah, yeah. And there's just an amazing part in that movie where they're getting attacked by this cartoonishly like fake shark. And Batman's like, quick, get the bat shark repellent. <laughs> and they just grab this spray that says bat shark repellent on it. And they like spray him and he goes away. It's amazing. The, those are just some wild fucking things to watch. Yeah, the, ni- the 1966 series is is obviously legendary. 
Um, and then that's that's the weird thing. It's like you're going through IMDb and it's just like, oh yeah, then nothing until Tim Burton basically makes the modern superhero blockbuster model, right? So like, yes, Star Wars and Spiel and Lucas and Spielberg kind of lay the groundwork of what the modern blockbuster is going to be in Jaws and then again in, in, in Star Wars. But then 1989, bam, Batman, Michael Keaton, big stars. Um, they get Jack Nicholson. They get Prince soundtrack. Underrated soundtrack, by the way. Went back and listened to some of that this week. So good. Slaps. Still slaps. A little weird, but slaps for Batman. Um, Batman's always a little weird, though, right? Oh, it's got to be a little bit weird. And so the Michael Keaton Batman kicks off. They do returns, which is great. Michael Keaton part two, Michelle Pfeiffer locked in performance. Uh, Danny DeVito, awesome villain. The role get, he was born to play. We're going to get into more of our favorite Batman characters of all time. And then Batman Forever comes out. And that's where you're going to get Jim Carrey as your Riddler. A Kind of a very interesting ju- juxtaposition with this Batman. So I read a very interesting fan theory one time that the first two, the Burton Batman movies mm. are real life. And then the next two, it helps if you watch them as movies within the Batman universe because it's so much bigger and more colorful and, and all cartoony, that shit. Yes. So they're like, I, the, the theory was like, these are the movies about Batman in the Batman universe where Keaton is still Batman. And when you watch it that way, they still suck, but yeah, like, for sure. it's better. You it, know? It, like, it, is, it is better to imagine them as not part of the, right. the clear lore. Um, and then, and, That's and all then, you got to say. This this brings us to a point of the very unfortunate Batman and Robin, nineteen ninety seven. Woof. My dude George Clooney, I, I I love George. Like I will go to bat for Michael Clayton. You know how I feel about the Oceans movies. People, oh. I love me some George Clooney, but this movie is unforgivably wacky. Doesn't he bad. have like a bat credit card at one point? Yeah, he like pulls out like a the, the master jokes, card. The jokes aren't clever. They're not that funny. Is that the Mister Freeze puns one? Yeah, too, the, the whole time. Schwarzenegger is the puns. Uma Thurman tries to single-handedly save it as um, does all right. Poison Ivy, and she does okay, but like it's just it's it's a lot to save, and it, it just couldn't be saved. And then from that point, WB then realizes if we're going to do another Batman movie, we have to give it to a good director because we need to protect our IP, or else we're going to have this highly profitable thing to die on us. And then that brings us to Christopher Nolan. I promise we're going to hammer through and get to the real, the 2022 Batman here shortly. But the Christopher, this is so important in discussing the 2022 Batman of Christopher Nolan, Prestige, Memento, and all these fantastic, fantastic movies. They know he's a director with tons of chops. And so they hand him the keys to Batman and they give him Christian Bale. They give him Liam Neeson. They give him Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Who plays Fox? Oh my goodness. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. All these amazing, amazing actors, big, huge budget. And the he, only misstep they had was when they had to like switch Katie Holmes out, mm, and it was like, wait, he, is this supposed to be the same person? Yeah, the Katie Holmes, Gyllenhaal swap out is is a wild swap, but it, it works. Maggie Gyllenhaal works. It's just I think everyone was, was like, Katie Holmes is really cute, and she totally makes sense as Rachel. And then like Maggie's like, oh, well, she still kind of works, but it's not the same. Well, just completely changing a character as the person, and then you're like, well, wait. Is this the same person? Is right. this a new person? Gary, I figured it out eventually. Yeah, but like. Gary Oldman with an enormous range. And then Heath Ledger, rest in peace, coming over the top as the Joker, as probably one as the Batman villain of all time. I also shout out to Aaron Eckhart. I always pass over him. I love him so much. Thank you for smoking. And Harvey Dent, Aaron Eckhart. Gotta love the guy. But those movies set a whole other level for how dark Batman is. 
And that kind of brings us to today. I'm going to skip over a lot of the DCU just kind of falling on themselves with the Ben Affleck Batman because like Ben Affleck Batman, not bad. And he doesn't do anything wrong to the character. He's just not living in the character and he's not, he didn't make the character in the lore bigger. He was always pawn to Superman or pawn to the Justice League or just kind of not, it wasn't bat centric story. And that was my, my and the ears were too small. Yeah. The ears were like the small. small ears. So that brings us to Matt Reeves, 2022 Batman. Chris, what what did you what did you think? What was your overall impression of the movie just off the top? I thought it was baller as hell. It was so different from all the other Batmans, which I was a big fan of. It did its own thing. It didn't try and be the other Batman hmm. Batman. I don't Yeah. But like it was long. It was it was long. I agree. I'm I'm pretty much with you there. Baller does something completely different a little too long. That would be my tweet length yeah. view of this movie. I realized that I'm not in sitting in a movie theater shape for three hours because halfway through, I'm like shifting all over the place and I'm like, I can't get comfortable. I should have gotten one of those recliner Mm. seats. This is one where I ate my fill of popcorn, set it on the ground. And then towards the the third act of the movie, I was like, do I want to go back for the popcorn? And I was like, no, you don't really want that. I, you know, I come to, I I started looking at Matt Reeves. He was the director and writer of this movie, who is a huge Batman fan too. Clearly did his research. Um, you know, he's most famous for the handling of the last two Planet of the Apes movies, which really went pretty well. And some lower key dramas that a lot of folks haven't really watched. But also, very importantly, I want to shout out Peter Craig, the other writer of this movie, who most famously wrote The Town with Ben Affleck. So Ooh. some a little bit of prestige there as far as like knows how to work the inner and out of the city and how to build a world like Boston's Boston. But he made Boston feel like a whole other place in the town and so like i knew i wanted that for gotham and that's like half of what i really like about this movie is kind of like tim burton batmans they build their own version of gotham that feels very like a world in itself and i and i love that i did love the gotham square garden Mm -hmm. call out yeah yeah it's like and and that's the thing is like it's clearly an analogy for new york and we're going to get into that a little bit later too of the act three post spoiler alert (laughs) that's part of this but yeah, all the analogies to New York really work and still work. And the analogies to real life also worked really, really well. What else here? Yeah. And so I've already kind of talked about some of the Easter eggs, but this movie made close to 130 million over the weekend. It's the second highest grossing COVID movie. So just to let you know, people are out there watching the bat. It's great. Totally love it. I it's like second only to Spider-Man. So again, this comic book killing it. Are comic book movies the only thing people are going to come out for? <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Apparently that's all they're going to make. Because I, I even when I was sitting in the theater watching the previews, it was maybe four. What do they do? Five previews usually before a yeah, movie. Yeah. It was four superhero movies and Elvis. Yeah. And they, they were leaning super hard into the DCEU trailers for The Flash and then for Yeah, they had Black like Adam. one big commercial for that. that yes. was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Know, like, I'm, I'm, again, I've, I'm excited for The Flash coming out. I'm excited for Black Adam. I don't particularly think The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is a good actor, but like I'll watch him if he's in a comic book movie. So I want to talk about the highest high points of this movie because I, w- I want to sell this movie to you first before I tear it down. Zoe Kravitz of it all. Catwoman. Crushing it. Rushing it. She, she wins the movie for me. Right off the top, she wins the movie. Yeah. Pattinson, congratulations. You landed the role of Batman. You're going to be famous forever. Zoe Kravitz wins this movie. She makes this movie worth watching. She stares into the camera. She's going through the club. She's going through um, 44 Below, the club within the club, which is also cool as hell yep. at the Iceberg Lounge. 
legendary penguin reference there. And she is staring at the camera. She is strutting her stuff. She looks great. She goes through about five different costumes in this movie. She's the biggest movie star in this in this she movie. For and sure. the great thing for me too was I've always been a huge Halle Berry fan. Mm. Her Catwoman, eh, not so good. Halle the Berry movie sucked. Yeah, Halle Berry. Halle Berry crushes. got screwed over in her portrayal. She easily could have won the best Catwoman, and something just went awfully, awfully off the rails tough. in that. In that but Catwoman. this one was. We don't like, talk about that Catwoman. We don't talk about that Catwoman. <laughs> but like this one was almost a redemption because when she came on, Christy was like, "Oh my god, she looks kind of like Halle Berry," and I was like, "I'm glad that there's a redemption for like Halle Berry's version of Cat." It's very similar, like kind of style almost, but mm. I don't know. Agreed. I like that. It, it's it's going back in um, all justice to Michelle Pfeiffer too, and like just that legendary tight leather Whoa. jumpsuit. Yeah, Whoa. it's oh, it's almost always gonna work. Um, and it also helps that Zoe Kravitz has. She has to do a lot of the explaining of this movie. Like she has all those explainer lines that she has to throw away to Pattinson. Like I don't get to live that life. My bloodline's not like that. You haven't been poor. Like all of that kind of stuff that fills in the backstory of the Batman character. And even though she has to go through all of that, she still feels like the most natural actor actress on on screen and has legitimate chemistry with Pattinson, who seems like a dead zombie for half of this it was movie. Wild. He agreed does not get to play the range of the playboy millionaire Batman. Well, so I liked that it was this was a movie about Batman. This wasn't a movie about Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. Agreed. And it was like so many of the other ones are like oh Bruce Wayne's got to do all this other shit and like this one was like maybe two scenes of Bruce Wayne doing mm. shit and then the rest of it was just right. there's, Batman. There's none of the glad handing politicians and doing fundraisers and the nonsense that Christian Bale had to do throughout those movies. Like looking of, like uh, some like aloof right. jackass or right. whatever. Acting like he's banging girls on the side just for fun, whatever, even though his heart lies in trying to save Gotham. You know, like I, I do appreciate that they, they didn't hit the crime alley backstory that hard. They just referenced it a couple times. So we you, all know. You know, you know exactly. at this point, if we're at a Batman movie, everybody knows what the fuck happened. Exactly. If you don't know, go read a book. Right. <laughs> secondly, you know, they don't, they just leave it at like his he's upset his parents died. It was because of crime. He's now very much against crime. And while I do think you need some of that setup to give Batman motive, even though it's this legendary character that we all know and why he's doing it, the way that Pattinson's playing him needs explanation for why he is so like staring into the camera half dead and never has his mask off. And it's just the detective. And it's just like hell bent on putting criminals away. And I don't think they completely justified that character too. And that's like one of the few things that didn't work for me in the Pattinson character. It's just like you see him without his mask truly twice. And it's either in the Batcave when he's talking to Alfred or, uh, or <laughs> again, we're going to spoil the territory of another interaction with Alfred. But also he goes to the big in the trailer scene of the cathedral scene. There's a funeral for... Again, spoiler. If you haven't seen this at this point, I'm fully spoiling. I'm going to just boy. put the spoiler alert at the beginning. Right at the top. So anyway, the opening scene is the mayor's dead and Batman has to figure out who killed him. And so he's at the funeral for the mayor and he's just he's barely in a suit. He doesn't look great in a suit. He looks like he hasn't seen sunshine in 25 days. The prospective mayor who's going to take over the job is trying to talk to him and he's just kind of like staring at things and just being very aloof. And who was the guy 
There's that part where he is like standing next to that guy, and I think it was like some criminal that he beat up before or something. And the guy gives him the like look where he like kind of you think he maybe figured out he's Batman or something. Do you mm. remember that part? Not really. Um, it's kind of weirdly stuck into the middle of that. He's like walking in and he sees some guy and he's like, they have a weird little exchange and the guy, they both kind of give each other these weird eyes. Yes, you're right. Because there was a lot of criminal in like, obviously the corruption of Gotham is a age old theme of Batman. So like a lot of the criminal that put the mayor into his place and have been abusing his power and corruption for years are also at the funeral. So yeah, that absolutely checks out as like a world building thing. I'm surprised I, I didn't pick up on that. Anyway, Pattinson works with the mask on. He looks physically imposing. The suit looks great on him. He's very tall. Again, the chemistry he has with Zoe Kravitz with the suit on works. But I going into the sequel, I'm going to need so much more from Pattinson. I, I need him yeah. to flesh out the character. I will say, though, if we're talking about actors that crushed this movie, mm. uh, Colin Farrell was pretty damn good as the penguin. Like. Yeah, he 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 wins the. I'm just shoot. I've ten minutes of play. T- ten minutes of on the court time, and I'm just hitting threes left and right. Oh yeah, every one of his one liners fucking crushes. Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, Colin Farrell through the prosthetics, through all the craziness, and also all right. Let's talk about it. The scene that you're coming to the movie for is the Batmobile chase down scene. Every Batman movie basically has to have one at this point. Gotta. I'd say nailed it. How did, how did you feel about the Batmobile? Dude, that was fucking awesome. How I'm do you a feel? big fan of this Batmobile too because it's mm. like, I mean, they they do a good job of explaining it in like the Dark Knight mm. ones where they're like, oh yeah, Lucius Fox has all these like... Technology and gadgets yeah, whatever, and things for... Yeah. yeah, and so they're like, okay, that's why he has this weird tank or whatever. Right. Like, And then the, the, the Burton ones and stuff like that don't ever really explain. Yeah, it's just kind of like this weird Cobra Viper throwback of a 1960s sports car. Very sleek, way thinner than it needs to be. They were basically, they made it. They're like, we're going to sell a shit ton of these as toys. Yes. And, and that they was <laughs> like what they were. I had one for sure. Right. And then this one looks like it's taking like a 1980s Mustang or indoor sports car, making it a little bit boxier, making it a little bit more tough looking i don't know how to Fucking say it. it's not it's not tank looking no but no it, no but it's like it's built reinforced so yeah. to speak and it looks like a legitimate car that like would be crushing it on the street on the street yeah but then they also had to throw the like flamethrower yeah it's it's got a jet engine you got it you got to throw the jet engine um so yeah uh, and the funny thing is that you don't really hear anything about Wayne Enterprises it's clearly that Batman has technology and money at his disposal to do these things. He's got a Batcave, which I sort of love. It's just in an old New York City subway. Um, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Nobody else can get to, but he just, no security, just drives his motorcycle right into it because it's in such a weird, dark, twisted place in the city. Nobody's ever bothered it. Like, at, the villains are going to be on to you. And I get that this is supposed to be year two of Batman. And like, he hasn't, all the criminals he's put away so far are like kind of petty and not following him around. But come on, Bat. You're going to have you need some security on your well, back. Here. And the other weird thing is like it'll always show him doing Batman stuff. And then it cuts to him regular street clothes on his motorcycle getting ready to follow somebody. Yes. And I'm like, how did he change so quick? I'm glad I'm not the only one. He kind of pulls the Spider-Man. I've just got street clothes in my backpack for some yeah, reason. But, but Batman how never are you has stuffing a... that whole Batman costume into a, a fucking backpack? Yeah, your backpack. motorcycle helmet wasn't in your in your yeah. in like your bat belt or there were, i had some questions about yeah. that i got past it but i was still kind of like uh, agreed there's on? a couple costume changes that are a little questionable but like i can believe that batman's got secret lockers around the city and he can change pretty quickly like, i can see that it's part of comic book lore i i totally let it slide but the batmobile chase down of 
the Penguin is absolutely fantastic. It is the realest action I think I've seen because of how they put the cameras on there. It just seems like regular cars going up a highway really fast. The practical effects are really good. The penguins driving out of his mind. There isn't any like weird Bond style gadgets of like smoke screens and like right. weird like spike strips and stuff like that. It's just two guys in cars trying to defeat each driving other on the, the wrong highway way on the highway for a while <laughs> and totally love it. And then like this brings up a point about the trailer though is that the trailer revealed too much of like the scene where the Batmobile ex- comes out of the explosion and is just still alive. Like I, you see the explosion, and you're like, yeah, he's he's gonna burst through that. And it's gonna yeah. be fine. I wish that they didn't show so much in the trailer. I because- really dislike that trend of like we're gonna show you a bunch of the coolest parts of the movie in yeah. the trailer, and it's like I would my I was I still thought it was awesome. I was still mm. like, well, right. super fucking cool. Yeah, but at the same time, you're sitting there and you're thinking. Okay, well... It takes all the suspense of whether he's going to get through that obstacle or not. Yeah, it would have been a lot cooler if they didn't show it and then you're just mind blown at the time. Folks, it's Batman and Spider-Man. We're going to show up. Don't show us your best scenes. Leave it for the movie. Leave it so that we have to go back to the movie a second time to watch it again and you'll make more money. There you go. (laughs) Sign me on as a consultant. There you go. Let's go. Drop your Mopod here to be your movie consultants, WB. Yeah, that that is by far one of my favorite scenes was the chase. What, What are some of your other favorite scenes? I really liked the one it's like dark and he's coming in to fight those guys and it's like a fight scene but there's like all you see is like Batman moving to like gunshots. Oh yes. Like the the like lighting of the muzzle or whatever. Yes. Towards the end of the movie um, they kill the electricity in a building and so the only light in the shot is the shot from the muzzle of these automatic weapons and it's just like Batman does not fear guns. No, I Batman that does not need cool. a gun. Batman I, will kill. <laughs> I also like the scene where he's in the police station. Yes. That whole scene like was very cool. And it's weird because like obviously I'm, you know, we've waxed poetic about West Side Story, but like all the policemen swarming in and around GCPD, um, it just like thousands of police, seemingly hundreds of police officers chasing down the Batman when all he has to do is like grapple hook out and get out of there. Well, and I was watching that thinking, okay, it looks like all of the police on duty are in this room right now. Mm. Who's out there protecting Gotham at this point? Right, right, right. And uh, I did like the hesitation, though, like when he's like about to swing away for the first time. Mm. And it ge- it does give you that feel of, oh, yeah, he's still fairly new to this. And this is some uh, stuff he's figuring out. Uh, agreed. And I think the only other gadget that really shows up is his bat suit as far as when he, he does fly with the suit. And it's probably one of the most realistic renderings of the bat suit so far. Yeah, it's an actual, like, whatever those wings. Yeah, like are. the squirrel suits that they, people jump off the mountains yeah. with and stuff. And <laughs> he does not stick the landing, which no, is so actually much. a really great point. And, but, like, I love that, that it's, it's going back to the year, some of the comic books, like the year one and year two Batman, where he's unsure of himself. He's not 100% sure what he's doing yet, but he knows he's just out there to, you know, he keeps calling himself vengeance throughout the movie. He, like he doesn't even refer to himself as the Batman yet. And I'm like, I'm not totally sure. I'm, I'm like, people are calling him the Batman, but like he calls himself the Batman a couple of times. But yeah, he says like the vengeance thing once, and then like so like, Kravitz keeps calling him vengeance. Yeah, he just time. keeps calling him vengeance. Going back to the police scene a little bit, Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Did did he do it for you? Is, I feel like he. I thought he was doing the Batman voice more than Pattinson was. I thought he he was doing a lot. If, of the, it like, feels. Ugh. I feel like there's a little bit of inconsistency of who thought they were in what movie, right? Is Jeffrey Wright is very much into the, I'm going to make this the serious detective movie, even though there's a lot of scenes where Batman just waltzes into a crime scene 
and everybody's like, "Wait, you're just gonna let this weirdo?" Waltz I thought that in, was pretty funny. Waltz yeah, in like, here with a suit, and like it's it's unintentional comedy as well as intentional comedy, and it's like it's one of those things where it's just too vague whether they intended that to happen or not. I I can't judge either way whether that's brilliant or terrible, and it just feels like Jeffrey Wright's kind of in a different movie than for sure Colin Farrell's, and Colin Farrell's just like on an eleven on every yeah, line. He's like, I'm in a comic book movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and then. John and then John Turturro, he's the other guy I got to talk about. He comes in as Carmine Falcone, who is the the Falcone family is directly linked to the original death of Batman's parents in year one in all the original Miller storyline of Batman. Like he is a huge, he is the original like a Godfather Italian crime boss family problem of Gotham that pays all these other henchmen to do all these terrible things. And John Turturro is he's always been one of my favorite actors. I think. Other than Zoe Kravitz, he gives the second best performance in the movie. Was he the butler in what's the Adam Sandler movie? Uh, I don't know exactly which one you're talking about. I know him most when he makes all the money. Uh, he, he like gets all the money. He's like writes the gift. Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Was oh, he okay, the guy okay. in Mr. Deeds? Um, I don't know. Shit, it's right. funny. I haven't seen Mr. Deeds in a while. I know him most prominently from recent things. Like, I know him from Barton Fink, which he's super famous for. But The Night Of, the miniseries with Riz Ahmed, he was the lawyer in that. And he absolutely crushes it. Obviously, he's a kind of side character. No brother, where art thou? But John Turturro, he's always been kind of a that guy. Because, like, you instantly recognize him. But he's not in a lot of other stuff, even though he's by far one of our best actors out there right now. I'm trying to find some other stuff he's in that people absolutely know. And I'm trying to go back to Mr. Deeds. Mr. Deeds was like... 2000 something yeah 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 he's emilio lopez and mr i was picturing him as that guy like the whole time so it kind of threw me off like that's the the thing i know him the most for i Mm. guess so i'm just like oh this really sneaky fast guy from mr deeds is like the crime boss but he he plays the sleek i'm in a suit i'm talking yeah mean and italian i do things with a criminal intent he's got that james gandolfini Sopranos, like I'm three steps ahead of you crime wise because I know I need a favor from you down the line and this is why I'm doing it. And all of that Godfather like stuff came in and I was like, John Turturro, take over this movie. Do it. Just do it. And especially by that point in the movie, I'm like, okay, they're going to end the John Turturro Falcone family thing. And I thought that was going to be a great ending point of the movie. Like, all right, he got the guy that he knows is related to um, Zoe Kravitz and Catwoman and it wraps up a couple plot lines nicely and I thought they were going to wrap up the movie. But then, wait, the beginning of the movie starts with the Riddler. And so... They kind of forget about him for a little while. Right. And this this movie has a, a typical Batman problem where they want to introduce a bunch of villains and a lot of great characters because the villains truly do make a Batman story. But I would have been happy with just the Falcone story or just the Riddler story. I like the Riddler story. The Riddler story gave me like seven vibes almost. Yes. And, and I, it's, it's supposed to. Yeah. The, the Fincher references are all over the place in this movie. And I love that because so many of the other Batman movies have been like, oh, Batman's got all these gadgets. And he like the reason he's so good at everything he does is because he's got these gadgets and all this money. And this one is like Batman's a detective. He's yeah. the world's greatest detective. Yeah. And he's solving crimes, like looking at clues and shit like yeah. that. It has hardcore vibes of like, I came from a tough place. I'm Brad Pitt. I'm just a detective. Uh, seven vibes as well as the Zodiac Killer another of David Fincher's greatest movies like they clearly use the ciphers yep. a lot of the stuff like it's clearly borrowing from some of those dark crime thrillers of Fincher and and I'd say most of it works the other thing I love that it did is 
some of the Riddler contraptions are kind of Saw-like. And yeah. I really started to like the horror aspect of being brought into Batman um, because some of my favorite modern Batman comic books, um, Arkham Asylum, the Dave McKean, uh, Grant Morrison Arkham Asylum is very psychedelic and very horror genre vibes. And I think, and even the Court of Owls, like there's a lot of creepy, weird imagery in that and really into the horror aspect creeping into my Batman movie. Like if we can genre bend everything else in movies, why can't we genre well, bend Well, and that's Batman? the thing. Batman is like this dark, like it's always so broody and yes. like that plays perfectly into that where it's like, okay, we can get some weird horror shit going on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some jacked up dude that's kicking the shit out of him, like and Bane I, style. But and like, I sort of love how the Joker, also another DCEU movie starring Phoenix, um, Joaquin Phoenix, is a one-off story in, its, in itself after Taxi Driver. And I'm really hoping that they can keep doing these one-off Batman stories and maybe, just maybe, WB, hear my call. Make the Batman horror movie. Please do it. Just please awesome. do it. You've already sort of, uh, full spoilers, introduced the Joker in a really creepy way behind the cell, but you don't fully get to see his face. And I want them to go full psychedelic show Joker. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Yeah. So the cats, out, I, we got to get back to the Riddler, but cats out of the bag on the Joker. Uh, how did you feel about the last minute act three Joker reveal? I, I did some reading afterwards. I was looking into stuff and I guess they were saying that it wasn't supposed to be like, oh, this is the next movie is going to be a Joker mm. movie. It was just kind of like, hey, all these bad guys are here. It's kind of just establishing it. Sure. Which, okay, fine. And that's the most well-known, especially at and, this and point. And notably, the Joker's already in jail, so maybe the Batman's already put him there once. Right, something must have gone down there. Right. But it, it was kind of, I'm like, can we do without Joker for right. like one movie? Right, and there's so many great Batman villains that are underexplored. I, uh, Schwarzenegger did no justice to Dr. Freeze. Poison Ivy, I actually think was really good about Uma Thurman, but we could go back to her. There's, there's so many other... It's funny, for a movie so based on year two Batman, or at least wanting to be the second year of Batman doing the Batman thing, um, I was really hoping to see the Reaper in here, uh, following the famous um, Barr Davis McFarlane uh, year two Batman novel, and no no Reaper. But, you know, a man, a man can dream. Well, that's the thing. There's so many good, underutilized Batman bad guys, yeah. villains, that they just keep going back to the same old ones. Yeah, and... Yeah, let's 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 get let's get some different villains in there. All right. Speaking of villains, the Riddler is our main villain. Last portrayed by Jim Carrey in bright green Jesus. jumpsuit, total that one cheese. Was. But Jim Carrey energy carried that Riddler character. I'm not gonna say he did it wrong, but I'm vastly, vastly prefer the Paul Dano Enigma. I am mystery, I am secretive, I am just a freaking creep show serial killer version of the villain. What were your thoughts? Yeah, no, that guy was a great pick for the the character too. I thought mm. you don't see him much, like till the end. You don't right. actually see that's him. the great part is that his, he's like got his face. A, he's got his face wrapped in duct tape or whatever the heck he's wrapping it in this weird leather, breathing heavy, like psycho killer. <laughs> yeah, like that. That all of that works, and really, then it really shows well. him later on, and he's just some dude. And right, you're and like, it's, it's just Paul like Dana. a nerdy kind of guy, and you're like. Oh, Jesus. Like, yeah, and I totally, I love the parallels to the modern Q conspiracy theories online, like building a small following of 
Oh, his video was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and he's like, especially when Jeffrey Wright's just like, yeah, he's got like 500 followers, but all these followers look like total fucking freaks, man. And it, it, it the clear parallels to who's the conspiracy group that starts with a Q? QAnon? QAnon, yeah. Of today and what they're willing to do, especially the militarization and like the Proud Boys. And like, this is the creepiest scene for me. And maybe it, its own version of horror is. Act three is the Gotham Square Garden, very much the Madison Square Garden. It's two different things happen. Is the Riddler has blown up eight different parts of the New York City uh, seawall, and the island is now flooding, which in real life, yes, this, this could happen. Thank God Manhattan still is not quite below sea level like this movie's for saying now. it is. For now. For now. Um, but it is, it's pointing a little bit at that. So kudos in pointing to the definite future of Manhattan and problems it's going to have and how vulnerable it is. Venice too. Yeah, Venice part two. And then they take refuge in the Madison Square Garden. And basically the Riddler sends these QAnon style goons all dressed up like the Riddler in this crazy leather face with automatic rifles. Not unlike like the weird January 6th thing that happened down the weird January 6th thing, um, the insurrection of yeah. uh, approving the the election in the United States. So it's weird because this movie started long before. This was in production long before that happened. He, I'm not saying he predicted it, but it's just weird that he saw the QAnon stuff happening in early Trump. It was just like, all right, I just kind of want to make fun of this. I'm not going to point directly at it. I'm not going to wink at the camera that it's them, but I'm going to reference it. And then five years later, that's aged incredibly well. Uh, yeah. It was creepy. I never want to see Madison Square Garden shot up. No, just, it's not great. It's 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 terrible. It's it's terrifying. And only real if the Knicks are doing way. the shooting. <laughs> yeah, let, let the Knicks hit three pointers. That's the only shots we want to see uh, at Madison Square Garden. So the Riddler, Paul Dano's, he's the other. I would say he's the third best performance in this movie because the ten minutes he gets to do, go totally to an eleven at the end of this movie. Oh yeah, are amazing. He steals the end of this movie. And I did like the the whole, oh, I thought we were doing this together kind of a thing that he's got going with Batman. Right. That was pretty interesting. How I do it, love much, it's common theme in Batman forever, you know, all the way through is, is Batman working with the police? Is he not working with the police? And like, the Dark Knight messes with this, like he purposely goes against the police so that the police chase him down to try to catch, you know, and I've always loved that dichotomy of like, is Batman on our side or not? And like, yeah, this one was almost a little too, like, with them having him come into the crime scenes and stuff. I was like, mm. well, he's a little too on the cop side right now for me. Like, mm. he's kind of supposed to be. Yeah, like, they're too comfortable. Oh, he's a vigilante. With, they're not supposed to be like, yeah, yeah what's he's, this he's random to show dude up, come check the evidence? Yeah, he's supposed to show up for James Gordon with the bat signal only. And that's the only time the police are supposed to interact with Batman. And it's just weird that, like, so many cops know of Batman and what he's doing and I was sort of here for the... I would rather Batman have broken into the crime scene after everybody left right. and looked at the necessity of the evidence and kind of gave you the plot line of like where they're thinking next instead of being like, you dumb cop, he's, he means this by the cipher or he means yeah. this, is, this is the answer. And like, mind you, that's my... The cathedral scene and the answers of... He, he means just... Like the Riddler's ri making riddles and Batman's answering all of them. And it, the scene works really well because it's clearly this guy is going to die. He's got a bomb around his neck. But I, I'm not, I'm not cool with the Batman just being the answer guy. Like I want the Batman to win. I want him to have justice. I want him to successfully put bad guys in jail. And the Batman is really second to the police force here. Like GCPD does all the heavy lifting in this movie. Like it's they, not they definitely changed by the end of it. Like with the whole scene that they did of him having to escape the police department and stuff. 
and pretending to punch. Well, not pretending. He punched Commissioner Gordon right in the face, but yeah. he told him to do it. Yeah, yeah. But that I think that does help set up for whatever the next movie comes in that he's a little more hefts to deal with the cops not being on his side as much as mm. well as fighting whatever villain he's got coming at him. Yes. So overall, we we genuinely love this movie. I think we admired it. I think we admired the art style of it. Uh, this is the darkest, wettest, rainiest movie we've seen Oh my seen God, yet. it's raining. If you want to make a million dollars in Gotham City, sell rain gear. And yeah, like, for sure. Every Umbrellas. day you'll have somebody. Boots, <laughs> yeah. ponchos, you could, the whole nine and you'll be good to go. Love that, and especially because it allows for scenes where Batman can come out of complete darkness, beat some bad guys up, and then go back into the darkness. That stuff worked really well. To your point, where the only light of the scene is the flash of the muzzle of a gun. Incredible. The subway scene where he comes out of the dark, beats up these clown-looking guys, which are, I think are a clear reference to the Arkham City goons from yeah. the video games. Love the references um, and all the Easter eggs. Well, that was the cool thing, too, of how they set it up where... You show they showed like the three different crimes going on, and it was more that he wasn't there for all of them, but they yes. all see the signal and they look in the shadows and they're like, oh, he might be coming out of there. Pretty right. Soon. The like, fear of Batman is more powerful here. than the Batman himself. And so I love that. All right. And so our main critique of this is that it's too long. And in fear of this podcast getting too long, uh, I'm going to cut off there. We thoroughly spoiled it for you. We would love to hear your thoughts. Again, uh, drop the remote pod at gmail.com. Get at us. Get us on an Instagram messenger. Drop the pod. Drop the remote pod on Instagram. Before we leave the 2022 Matt Reeves Batman, uh, what do you most want to see out of the sequel? Uh, well, I mean, we covered it a little bit, but I would definitely like to see them get into some different villains that they haven't really touched on, mm. you know, in, in the other movies. There's so many of them out there. Like if you watch the cartoons and shit, like Absolutely. there's all so many good ones that when done well, like the way they did the Riddler in this one, like done well, you can make a very compelling movie out of it. So I would like to see them touch on some of that stuff. And they've never gotten a good like bat family thing going on. Yes. I would love to see a little yes. more of like, even if they jump forward and he's got like a Nightwing and a Robin or whatever. Right. And, and that's my thing is like, I know they were going for year two. I know they're going for young Batman, but I want to see Nightwing. I want to see Robin. I want to see Batgirl. I want to see Oracle. I want to see Red Hood. I want to see, because part of Batman losing his parents is that he takes Robin in as his son to give him the opportunities and like the mentorship that he never had. And like that kind of helps complete the whole arc of Batman. There hasn't been a good Robin on screen yet. Um, Not once. What, what are we doing? Death in the family is the best. If they're going to read... So that was my big scream from the mountaintops. Just recreate the damn comic books. Don't write a new right, screenplay. You don't need to mess with success. Why? You, this is the weird... We're constantly on this podcast. We're saying by mashing things together, you've created something new and something exciting. We did it with the kid detective. We've, you know, mixing a coming of age story with the, the detective story. We've done it with a bunch of movies of sometimes mashing things together totally works. This is a case where mashing too many things together, I think actually started to detract from the core of what Batman wants. So I, too, want the death in the family. Um, I would love if they just straight up did the long Halloween plot line of like from one Halloween to the next. It's a one calendar year of the Batman trying to put away um, these villains and would love that. Again, I I'm with you. I want the extended Bat family. Um, they need to make Pattinson not be such an emo creep show. They need to give him more warmth, more character more I am a human being as well as the bat. They kind of started that at the end too mm. when he's like doing his voice. I thought the Batman voiceover was kind of funny. Yes. I've been thinking about like that voice in Pierogi's head, my cat lately. <laughs> so just be like, 
this apartment's gone to shit lately. I'm going to have to show this whole apartment my butthole. <laughs> like, uh, but like at the end when he's like, oh, now I have to be more in the light as well. Yeah, he has to be the role show model hope for, instead yeah. of just fear. So I think they're they're leaning that way. You know, it's kind of a setup to hopefully plenty more of these Batman movies. So WB, don't make this movie again is my, my number one thing is like, you did it. You did the dark noir David Fincher thing. You have to keep enough of this world intact that it works, but you now have to introduce a lot of new elements to make the next one work. Because if you do another three hours in the same dark, rainy world with just this amount of content, I think you're going to very quickly get Batman fatigue. Like yeah. you've won, you won the setup. We'll give you the setup, but it's it's not going to, you can't do the same joke twice. Yeah, You can't do the same thing. Right. Twice. So very excited for Batman uh, what what letter grade were you, were you giving this one? I'd probably give it an A minus. Yeah, I that, think it's right around there on the nose. I think it's an A minus for sure. Definitely watchable. Definitely part of the social zeitgeist. Definitely a good enough movie cinematically. And so- the soundtrack slaps. The acting's great. A lot of great Hollywood factors of it, but it's doesn't reach the heights of. But I was thinking about it today or the other day. I was talking to somebody about like I was like, oh yeah, I went to see it and. I feel like I'm comparing it to The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. You have to. But you have to be comparing it, I think, to Batman Begins, which was always the the, the origin story. The, sure. the least of my favorite of that trilogy. Mm. And I think it's probably better than Batman Begins. You know, like if you're starting, like, because you have to give it that room to you know, yes. figure everything out. Yes. And I'd say that if we're going like first movie to first movie, mm-hmm. that one probably takes it. Yeah, I, I think it goes Dark Knight, the Batman Returns, and then this movie. I think this is it's in the top three, but it's it's not the tippy top for right. sure. All right, yeah, A minus. Go see the Batman 2022. It's making a shit ton of money. We love the bat. It's a big part of our lives. Go see it. Um, Just to wrap this one up, we're going to put a bow on this one by going down our top five Batman characters uh, from the movies, everybody's beaten up. We already gave you our top three, I think, pretty consensusly of best movies. So I thought we'd dive into some characters uh, quick. You want to um, go five to one, right? Yeah, and I want to do one honorable mention right off the top because the best Batman that's ever been portrayed on screen is Will Arnett's Lego Batman. He is quippy. He is funny. He makes fun of the whole family thing. He's Will, got the voice going for him. He's got the voice on lock. He's got the best Batman voice. He made the comedy children's movie of Batman that we all love. And Will Arnett, best portrayal of the Batman so far. We touched on it a little bit, but my for my special uh, mm-hmm. shout out, I would say the Prince soundtrack. Yes. is It's a character all of its own. It is. And it crushed that movie for me. Totally. Um, and again, how many action figures and soundtracks got, like every age group of the 1989 uh, movie got its own products. Like, if you were a kid, you got the action figure. If you were a teenager, you got the soundtrack. If you were a little bit older, maybe you got, uh, you know, I got maybe I screwed this up. Maybe the little bit older gets the soundtrack. But like everybody got their own thing. I definitely had the Batman uh, plane, the Bat plane. Yeah, yeah. They modified every that. part of that movie. Sick. So I'll go first with my number five best Batman character is Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Batman Returns. She is out of this world she literally dies seven and a half times in that movie like yeah. she legitimately like should just be dead that they many nailed times. it and the only reason she gets her powers is that a bunch of cats lick her back to life it's a little but weird what and then her energy is just 
over the top. Like I thought I had too much coffee right now. Michelle Pfeiffer is like all the way up in that movie. And she actually did the whip scene, right? In yeah. the department store. She's actually like yeah. taking the heads off of those mannequins with the whip. Yeah. And do and that costume. I mean, yeah. come on. F- fantastic. The stitching, Tim Burton all over it. Is she the my favorite catwoman? No, but I'm a cis male. <laughs> you know, Michelle Pfeiffer, very attractive, crushes it. Um, I think character-wise is the most exciting and most comic booky best portrayal of Catwoman. That's my number five. What's your number five? So my number five is more of what could have been than what actually was because he didn't make a ton of appearances. Sure. But I'm going to say Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Yes. Because they were supposed to set him up to be Two-Face somewhere down the line. Yeah. Tough, tough beef. Didn't for Billy happen, unfortunately. I think he got a nice payout when they uh, made Tommy Lee Jones the the Two-Face in yes. whichever one that was. But I fucking love Billy D. Williams. like, And I would have loved to see his version of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So crushed it like 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 i said not so much what he did because he wasn't in those movies it, that it's much could have it's a potential but it's what could have happened for sure someone who i got just the right amount of um was my number four danny devito's penguin again the role he was born to play it's wild he's he's got the height he's got the wobble the, the costume was perfect they made him so gross like it's his so hands gross. and like just everything about when he's eating the fish i, I forgot about the prost- the prosthetic hand thing yeah, like totally wild. weird and like how comfortable the city is that this guy's just walking the streets, like acting like he's going to be mayor or whatever. Oh, like, they I, love him for a little while. Yeah. And it's just like, this guy's a creep show. This guy's never going to be likable. And I um, found a funny thing I saw the other day is, so I don't know if you're a big Sonny fan or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I'm obviously sure. Danny DeVito is in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. In that Batman movie, uh, the guy that plays Mac's dad. Mm-hmm is the gymnast that steals that baby and then like does a bunch of flips into the sewer. Yes, yes. And I was like, well, that's a, an amazing connection that I had no idea. I would have never noticed unless like I saw a video and they like freeze on his face. I'm like, oh shit, yeah, Dan- that is. Danny DeVito taking care of his own and absolutely crushing it as the penguin. Long live Danny DeVito. My God, that's that's my number four. Who's your number four? All right, my number four is going to be, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to say his name right, but Michael Go as Alfred in okay. those original ones. I think he nails the alfred for me okay like that's always been my alfred is him in those first because he does all four he's the only one that's in all four of those yes first batman movies. agreed he's the through line and i just always loved him as alfred like it always just made so much sense to me yeah yeah Sh- shout out alfred uh didn't didn't think alfred was gonna make the list but oh yeah alfred, made, and, dude, alfred is a huge part of the whole thing yeah and it, obviously his his part of and that's the thing. The extended... Um, oh, my God. We didn't even talk about Andy Serkis. Justice for Andy Serkis in the Batman 2022 movie. Nothing. I got I to interrupt this countdown real quick. Andy Serkis gets done dirty by the Batman in this movie. He wasn't what, in it that much. What the heck is going on with Alfred in this movie? Alfred has done nothing but look out after the Batman. And They're they kind of like beefing a little bit. They have the audacity to assume that Alfred did Batman dirty at some point. And like that was a... It's an interesting plot line of like... Um, was... Bruce Wayne's father actually corrupt and did this money go to the wrong people and was he lining the pockets of corporations? And Alfred, Andy Serkis very correctly says, no, your father was a good man, which is quintessential to the Batman plot line of like, you can't be upset with your, you would not become the Batman if you later found out that your dad was kind of a dirtbag lining the pockets of other corporate right. interests. 
Like, what the heck are we doing here, Batman? Well, and I thought it was hilarious when they hit. They made Batman do the, you're not my real dad, basically, to yeah, him. He definitely... I thought that was funny. Yeah, the emo teenager vibes are all yeah. over this, even though, like, clearly Batman's supposed I'm to be... I'm not going to call you dad, okay? In, in his 20s, yeah. And he, I wanted... I think Andy Serkis, who is legendary as Gollum, as so many other characters, got done dirty by this movie, and I, I just wanted to get that on the record. Okay. I'm hoping he'll be, like, a big part of going the forward, one. Yes, though, and, and the extended Bat family... Obviously, Alfred's a big part of that. I oh, hope yeah. that's a bigger deal. All right. My number three is Aaron Eckert's Harvey Dent. I love the Dark Knight Harvey Dent. It, it's just really good. The climactic scene of the Dark Knight where they flip the tractor trailer in the middle of downtown New York City and Harvey Dent is in a SWAT car as bait for the Joker to go after him is just fantastic. And then say what you will about the CGI and everything, but Aaron Eckhart doesn't really miss a beat. And even though that that CGI is a little bit like distracting, Aaron Eckhart acts through it fine and he captures, he brings it back. He reels it back in enough that I got to give him my number three. Oh yeah, he crushes that one. Especially like when he's in the car with the guy and he flips the coin. Yeah. And he's like, he just like puts And that's my only thing against on. Billy D. Williams and anybody else who's done the Two-Face is like, he needs to be a lovable character enough first that once he gets the gruesome injury you still are like is the good guy in there and he was the first Aaron Eckhart was the first one who I was like yeah the good guy's still in there you yeah. know go ahead what's your number three all right my number three is probably going to be uh Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox yes 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 especially the one where I think it's the dark knight where he's got the the sonar thing yes, going the cell on phones where Lucius he can see, Fox is like yes. well I'm not gonna like keep doing this if you're gonna like be spying on everyone. Right. Because it's current events back then. We were so worried about having a cell phone tracking us. In yeah, our pocket. yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe somebody would do that. Yeah. In incredible. Um, I'm, and that's a, Lucius Fox. I'm kind of, again, this was super light on the Bruce Wayne's part of the story. I'm really hoping there's more of the Bruce Wayne storyline. in. well, and he's a line. good buffer in those movies yes. between like Bruce Wayne having to deal with like, Oh, are you bad? Like that guy that, figures out who Batman is yes. and is, is just Fox is like, you really want to make him mad at you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does do a really nice job with anybody who even figures out that Batman is Bruce Wayne. Lucius Fox is there to cover the tracks. And that's and the, one of the few yeah. movies like series of Batman's that explains how he has all, all this, this shit. Tech, yeah. Because and, he's got this whole team of engineers building shit right. for him. Yeah. And that, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Totally. Love it. Uh, my number two is Jack Nicholson's the Joker. He Jack Nicholson said, "Pay me, and I will be in your first Batman movie, and I will guarantee it's a huge hit." And then he just he dials it. He wasn't wrong. Wait, he was just like, "You're gonna fly me back and forth from the Lakers games. You're gonna fly me back and forth to London for all the shooting. Like, I'll be in your movie, but I want to cut of all the toys. I want to cut of all the merchandise." I'm pretty sure Jack cleared like 189 million dollars. I think he was also like, I'm just gonna say whatever. You got a script, I get that, but I'm gonna do my own thing, and it's gonna work every fucking. Hey, Chris, time. let me ask you a question. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know what that means, but it's so awesome. It's incredible. It's incredible. He's got to be my number two. Jack when Nicholson. they go through the the art museum and mm. they're just like spray painting shit, and he's dancing to yeah. Prince, like yeah. exactly. And he's like for as old as Jack Nicholson is. He's got the youth of like the teenage Joker, and I'm just totally into it. He's oh, spray painting stuff. He's all over the place. He this crushed it. Absolutely, he crushed set it. a tone for all Joker performances after that. Yes, and that's the, that's the thing is that it's a shame. It's it's a beautiful thing that Heath Ledger uh, dethrones him later, and 
it's just weird because Jack Nicholson was always supposed to be the, the legendary Joker. And to your point, like we somehow can't get away from the Joker now. So it is what it is. But it's still love you, Jack. You know, my number two, you made Batman a big, huge movie scene thing. So let's go. So my number two, I got to go Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. Yes. Just every depiction of Commissioner Gordon from comic books to cartoons looks exactly like Gary Oldman. And yeah. Gary Oldman is just a fucking legend anyway. Yeah. And he crushes it so hard in all of those movies. Yeah. Nothing against Jeffrey Wright. I did a fine job. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else was Gordon in the other movies. They made Commissioner Gordon like super old in the... E- yeah, the and, first couple of movies, and that's the thing is Gordon is really a partner to Batman through year one and year two. Like he is the other influential force of putting these criminals away. You have to believe that he can get in a rough and tumble gunfight and fight. And yeah, a lot of the other Gordons don't do that. And those first four, I don't know if they use the same guy for Keaton ones through mm-hmm. the Val Kilmer and then whatever. But I I remember him being super old and just like basically ready for retirement yeah and you're like well okay that's a fine portrayal of it but when you have gary oldman yeah it was goes it was, undercover and fakes his own death and like all this shit that he does in that one and you're it was like pat, okay it was pat hingle um which is just kind of a, i don't really know other than batman anything he's been he was in hang him high and he was in the quick and the dead I, I don't really know much about pat hingle and maybe i'm doing him dirty but yeah, he just didn't he didn't fit the part of Commissioner Gordon at all. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Gary Oldman, the range. So much range. And yeah, and I I think they he benefits from Christopher Nolan getting the GCPD of it all the most right. Um and yeah, he's just by far and away the best Gordon. I almost wanted I kind of gave away the lead here, but my number one is is it's gotta be Heath Ledger's Joker. There's Tough not a lot there's not a lot that makes complete sense of how Heath Ledger's Joker exists and wins in the Dark Knight. There's some clear like plot breaking things and like some things I'm just like, no way, that wouldn't happen. No, forget about it. But it doesn't matter. Like he goes above and beyond that to just be the creepiest actor, to be the most chaotic, to be the best storyteller. The opening sequence of him robbing the I was bank just and gonna slowly say, that's just like, murdering the shit out of everybody. It sets it up so well of just how crazy he is and everything. There's and, no other Batman character that has been, quote unquote, breathtaking. Right. And Heath Ledger's got to be my number one. And the what is it when he's trying to blow up the hospital and the thing yes. doesn't work? Wasn't that like an improv thing? Like it actually didn't work? Right, and right, he right. like really fucking nailed that one too. yeah and you're just like holy shit he's and that's so where good. like you start to believe that like, character acting is that powerful because i think he ledger was like borderline mentally disturbed because he got so into character oh, the yeah. joker of just like the apathy for the world and just fuck it all and like i'm just a tortured soul kind of thing you know <laughs> gotta give it to heath who you got as your number one so we stayed away from batman mm-hmm. right and I would argue that a lot of depictions of Batman, whether it be the cartoons, the movies, yes, he is Batman first, and the mask is Bruce Wayne. Yes. So I'm going to pick Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne. Love it. Not so much as Batman, but Keaton as Bruce Wayne was... 
He's like the most unassuming. He's the only one where like I feel like if you looked at Christian Bale, if you lived in Gotham and you're yeah, like, you'd be you'd be that guy's skeptical. probably Batman. Yeah, like, yeah he's yeah, fucking you- jacked. Like he doesn't do anything. <laughs> like, but you look at Michael Keaton and you're like, this guy's not fucking Batman. Like, right, look at right. him. He's just some fucking guy. It's the hairline. It's, it's everything at that point. Every- and then he does like the when he's in the the room with Vicky Vale and the Joker, and he mm. does like you want to get nuts. <laughs> he's got like the the fire poker or whatever. Yeah. He just fucking crushes it overall for yeah. me. Because he's also like super weird a lot of the time. And he's like not really paying attention to stuff. Definitely helped resurrect his career. Like he he does go for it. And he's, and he's very good um, as as Batman. Yeah. I mean, you got to throw it back to the OG. Yeah. yeah. But him, him, like I said, I think his Bruce Wayne specifically yes. crushes it for me. Uh, absolutely. And, and he does look. I will say there, there has rarely been a Batman who doesn't look the part in the suit. Like I even thought. Ben Affleck in the weirdest suit still looked like a good Batman. But being the first, being the legendary quarter million dollar Batman suit. Not being able to move your head at all. You have to just move your whole upper body to look anywhere. And he he still crushed it. Uh, Shout out Michael Keaton, the legends. So a lot of legends on this list. I have Um, one other shout out that I wanted to put is just um, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yes. I feel like you got to throw that around. She hasn't been really in like a Batman movie. But the Suicide Squad movies have been that good and but she's carried she's them single handedly. DC for a while now. Like she's like Tell me one other great DC character that's gonna be in the next five movies. Yeah, that's all they got going for them right now. Yeah. At, at this point, like it's Zoe Kravitz and her are like the people I want to most see in the next DC movie. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Wait, how did that happen? Um the Peacemaker part, it's funny. We didn't talk about it. I haven't seen it, but maybe we'll come back to it on a TV show. But apparently Peacemaker is a great TV show. Uh, shout out to Suicide Squad. Uh, I've only read a couple of those comics. Like They're a relatively newer idea. Um, but yeah, Margot Robbie, absolutely crushing it. So that's the that's what we got in the Batman. Clearly, we love the Bat. Uh, we hope you go see the movie. We love your thoughts. Any other last thoughts before we get out of here? Um, Let's see. Shout outs to the next episode of, of what we want to go after next. Oh, yeah. I would uh, I would take some requests. Yeah. You know? Hopefully, episode five will be a big request episode. I know there's a couple of things on the horizon. As my most anticipated movie of 2022, uh, Turning Red comes out this Friday on Pixar, so on Disney+. Plus. Um, so we'll have to... We'll have to touch on that a little bit. A lot of great stuff coming up very quickly. The movie season is, is coming up on Shit's about break. to kick off. Yeah, and so very excited. But yeah, we'll we'll be back. New episodes on Friday drop. Again, give us give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a follow, all that good stuff. And uh we'll be back next week. Thanks again, Chris. Hell yeah. Peace. Peace.